0: X-Men
1: Get it Hey everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam, and I'm Zach. And Adam,
0: <laughs> I'm just getting riled up because we're gonna talk about ammunition this week, Zach.
1: You know, you know. Normally, I'm the one with the bits. <laughs> normally Normally, I'm the goofster on this podcast, and you're the serious type that holds us down and keeps us steady. But we've kind of flipped that dynamic already in this episode, and I like that energy.
0: It's my metal arm. It just, I don't know, I can't control it anymore.
1: We're talking about Cable, guys. I like Cable. You like Cable. We all like Cable. Cable's good, actually.
0: Love Cable in all his various permutations. What uh, a
1: great Louise Simonson and only Louise Simonson creation.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I think you're forgetting about the contributions of uh you know, let's see, Fabian Nieves. No, who...
1: Fabian wasn't around then. Fabian... No, I
0: know, but he kind of evolved the character. And, he did. And... He
1: did help. He did help evolve it. Uh, just to be clear, uh, the the other co creator of Cable has lost his friend of the show status. It just hasn't come up recently. Uh, he he is now moved into oh man
0: uh, mode. It's it's unfortunate, especially after he wished us well. On our hundredth episode, but uh, you know what are we gonna do?
1: It's just a weird, uh, it's a weird bump in the road for us that all of our people going through the archives are gonna have to deal with. Uh, I still think it's a great goof.
0: Uh, do you know it's not goofy though? Um, good cable stories.
1: Yeah, good cable stories are good actually. Uh, just like the one recommended to us to talk about from Josh Wheel, uh, Joshua, excuse me, from. Joshua Wheel. Joshua went over to patreon.com slash Xavier Files and he said, hey, Battle of the Atom boys, I've got some money in my back pocket and I'd like to transfer it to your guys' back pockets. And then we we took that crisp dollars and we slid them right in there.
0: And what, what did uh, Mr. Wheel request here?
1: Uh, he requested Cable 155 to 159, The arc Past Fears. Uh, this was written by... Actual still current friends of the show, Zach Thompson and Lonnie Nadler with uh, art by Herman Peralta. Also been on the show. I'd like to think Herman thinks of us as friends.
0: Oh, love Herman's art. It's great. Oh my
1: gosh. It's so good, right? He's doing Strike Force right now with uh Teeny, with Teeny Howard. Uh and it's beautiful. Herman Peralta is I don't want to say underrated, but he's underrated, and y'all are sleeping on Herman Peralta because he's so good.
0: Ah, uh, Prisoner X. Still ranks very high in my book. But this is also a lot of fun, and I kind of wish this was a miniseries. Like, it stands alone as a really nice five-issue uh, story.
1: Yeah, so the the cable run that this comes from, it was actually three disconnected arcs of cable by three different creative teams Mm -hmm. uh the first one's really bad the second one has unmentionably bad art and a story that's just kind of blah uh it wasn't brisson's best work uh but this third one here i this this came out while the show was running in fact we did promo for it with zach and lonnie years back which is that's right I I tell you what, it's the wildest thing in the world that that's a sentence we're saying. Like, this isn't a story we ranked recently, like, that just came (laughs) out. No, this story is from 2000 and... Okay, it came out in 2018. It's not that far in the past, but it does feel like aeons ago.
0: Well, I felt like we had already ranked it because we had interviewed them about this. But um, it was so nice to revisit it again. Uh, You know, we could take a little bit more of a critical eye to it.
1: Yeah, so, again... Critical Eye Zach and Lonnie, friends of the show. Uh, I like their work in general. I chat with them sometimes. I think they're neat. I think Herman's neat. Uh, but we're going to be critical about this story. And critically, it rules. Uh, what what it is is a story told not kind of in reverse chronological order. I guess it's in reverse chronological order.
0: It's all um, over the place because it 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 hits. Uh, five or six distinct time periods, uh, including one we've never seen before.
1: Yeah, so it starts out uh, with Cable in his current uh, looking like uh, Josh Brolin uh, from the Deadpool feature film. Uh, him doing time cop things, which is still weird. Uh, <laughs> but he's being hunted by this thing. It's this yeah. mass of flesh and metal and it's called metis.
0: Yes, metis. And I'm glad that Zach uh the other Zach Thompson uh Zacky T yeah, got this sorted out for me because like I remember reading this the first time and thinking it was like it rhymed with fetus or it was like a silent s like me too or I am glad it's it's metis, like metal. That's what Zach said.
1: Yeah, it's a pun because all of comics works on puns and we have to accept that. <laughs> Uh, but Metis, uh, and Cable is, you know, Cable knows some weird stuff's going on and Metis actually finds the one person who Cable's the closest to, and that is his daughter Hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he attacks Hope. He carves the Cable eye scar into Hope. And then Cable and Metis fight and Cable starts to absorb Metis and he goes nuts And then we flash back into Messiah War, right after Messiah War, and we see Cable and Hope on the run for Bishop in this time where they fought Metis. And then you go even farther back to, uh, you know, back mid-90s, mid-to-late 90s Cable, actually, like, Jose Ladron era where he had the scimitar, or the scimitar?
0: Yeah, and uh, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, X-Men alert. Uh, Nate Gray is here?
1: Nate Gray is here. The the X-Man, they would, Zach and Lonnie would later make an age about him, uh, but the X-Man <laughs> is here, uh, and they go into the end of the universe future uh, where they find three other cables. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love this part. This is like very kind of a multiple man part, which I, I really liked.
1: Yeah, uh, Metis finds them there, and then we go back into the past even more, and we, uh, we see him during, you know, X-Force era.
0: Yeah, um, really early into too, right? It's, it's like happens in Specifically after and three.
1: issue 2, yes.
0: Yeah, and so Gable is making X-Force fight dead a hologram of Deadpool uh, in the danger room. And then uh, Metis takes the form of, of Warlock uh, and kind of shakes everybody up.
1: Yeah, it's creepy. And my boy, my boy Warlock uh, does look scary here. Uh, and it's this being emotional thing. and then it goes even farther back, and we learn the truth. And the truth is that Cable kept the secret of Metis from everyone because as he was an, as he was a boy, as he was an Ascani son, uh, living in the far, far future, he uh, he had a friend, and his friend's name was Metis, and he accidentally infected Metis with the technoorganic virus. and then he he abandoned his young boyfriend.
0: Well, now, uh, here's here's something that's a little bit unclear to me.
1: hmm
0: Now, the big reveal is that Metis is this friend that yeah. Cable had as a child. Yes. But before Metis is infected, there is a creature that is separate from Cable, pictured as sort of, like, lurking in the forest— are, are we taking that symbolically or literally? Because it looks like Cable is being attacked and infected before he takes it out on menace. Are, are we thinking that that is just a manifestation of Cable's uh, difficulty controlling the technical organic virus? Or is yeah. there actually a villain that then attacks Cable and then... I, I don't know. I feel like I, there's, I, there's a couple ways you can you can interpret this.
1: I, I, I've always read that as, you know, it was Cable struggling to control his techno-organic virus? And then he's, you know, wailing around and he lashes, and then it accidentally gets Metis, and then Metis becomes, uh, you know, infected. Uh, and it's a whole thing. And then Metis is mad that Cable, his friend, abandoned him, uh, and then he chases him all throughout history, and then we flash all the way back to the real regular timeline where Cable absorbs all of the techno-organic virus from Metis uh, and using Hope is able to control it. And then he says, hey, Metis, sorry, I'm old now. You know that. You're still a kid, though, which is weird. Uh, but I, I have friends who go to a school. Do you want to go to a school? Do you know what a school is? You, you grew <laughs> up in a dystopia. Do you know what school is? I bet you'll love it.
0: Well, and it's also revealed that Metis uh, was a mutant in hiding in the apocalyptic future. So he was a shapeshifter. So that explains how he's able to take the forms and the, the different mutations of, of uh, his body that we see throughout this miniseries. Because he always looks a little bit different um, Yeah, he, should we Should
1: we talk about the body horror and how Herman Peralta does an incredible job selling the sheer, like, Cronenbergian nightmare that is metis infected with the techno organic virus absorbing people and like faces protruding out of.
0: I think you're selling it pretty well. I mean, it, 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 we know that Zach and Lonnie are big horror fans and um, you can definitely see the influence of something like the thing um, on on this because there's just all of these moments of sort of gross body organic stuff popping out and growing and weird ways and, and it really sells the the darker horror aspects of the story i like it a lot
1: it does now what i also like a lot is the pathos that they give to nathan christopher charles day spring Ascone, Sun, Summers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he feels like a very well-rounded character which is i don't want to say surprising but it's a huge challenge because they have to portray him in you know five distinct versions five distinct like cable cable's not the same he's not the character that was introduced in new mutants 89
0: no and he i think,
1: changes constantly
0: yeah and they nail it um each time i feel like the voice of cable is portrayed pretty accurately and yet still fits into this jigsaw of a story where we're bouncing around in the timelines so um it it works really well that way uh, and I, I, I'm i also very grateful for Peralta's art here. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. The coloring on this is really, really nice. It's by um, uh, Jesus sobertov And I, I just, I don't know, just from artistically and uh, from a writing standpoint, it's so cool to see all these different things woven together. I, that's why I think this would have made such an amazing standalone miniseries, because you could probably read this as a standalone story and just... Um be reminded of all of these really, really great moments in cable's history.
1: I mean you can just do that. I did. It works really well. <laughs> I I was not purchasing the uh I was not purchasing cable leading up to this. I had tried the first two issues of both uh the James Robinson run and of the Ed Brisson run and I said nope. But I had already scheduled Zach and Lonnie to talk about cable. So I said, well, I'll entertain this. And they sold me on the book when they were talking to me on the interview. And I'm very glad I did. Uh, So I think you can just get the, you know, just take this in one big cable sized bite and just rip into it. Because it's a, like, it's an underappreciated story. And if you like cable, any version of cable, you'll find something to actually love in this
0: it's also uh for better or for worse the last cable story um yeah, because yeah. right after this is extermination and teen cable is coming to kill daddy cable big cable so <laughs>
1: yeah the tall cable uh, the yeah, tall
0: cable gets cable. gets hit
1: by the gets shot in the face by the by the smaller uh you know unbound cable as it were uh, but we're not talking about that here this is a good story you should check it out Uh, And do you know what I think we should do, Adam?
0: Let's rank it on our big list of 333 X-Men stories.
1: Uh, Yeah, we have 333 on this list. Number one on this list is the Dark Phoenix Saga. Number 50 is E is for Extinction 1 through 4 from Secret Wars. Number 100 is Murder at the Mansion from New X-Men. Number 150 is Bishop, the Bishop miniseries. 200, we got What Happened to Kitty from Uncanny X Men 179. Uh, 250, that's the one where she gets married but doesn't. Uh, That's not that descriptive. Sorry, it happens a lot. Uh, (laughs) Extreme X Men Exposé is at 250. Uh, 300 is X Men 100 102 Revolutions. And then the Draco's in that list too, near the very, very bottom, which is a bad story. And you know what? I. I feel like we talk about the Draco a lot, and I hate it. I hate that we have to, but the well, Draco is number three thirty-three. This is better <laughs> than the Draco. Oh, um, well, this is I'm...
0: way better than the great the Draco. And I, I, I don't know. I think this is at least. I I don't know if it's in the same league as like Rosenberg's Dead Souls or the Multiple Man series, but it's part of this era. Of, like, really good, tight miniseries-length stories uh, from 2018. There was
1: a hot second in 2018 where all of the main X-Men books were not good, uh, but the the miniseries were fabulous. There were some (laughs) excellent things happening that none of y'all bought, and I am personally shaming you for it. Uh, but I would I would agree this is better than number 50 is for Extinction from Secret Wars, which is a story I deeply love. Uh, I think it's right on par with Dead Souls, which is at 32 right now. Because just a bit above that, at like 29 is life death. And I don't think this gets to the level of life death. I don't think this gets to the first arc of Gen X. I don't think this is as good as that dupe one shot that Jason Aaron and Mike Alra did, which is the funniest thing Jason Aaron's ever written.
0: <laughs> um, I think you know, we're in this sort of bottom half of the, or or we're in the thirties. And I think that's a good place to be. I'm not quite sure this is better than last uh, time we were here. We were talking about detective comics, comics, and uh, we had uncanny X-Men and new teen Titans. And our ceiling there was Marvel's two. Um, And right above that is new X-Men 127. Which is Um, the Zorn one. Yeah. I think All right. So above that is Chamber 1 to 4, which I just got in floppies. Um, X-Men Legacy 19 to 24 for We Are Many. And then the first arc of Bendis' all-new X-Men. Now, at 35, we have the New Mutants arc of Inferno. I don't know if I could put it above that.
1: Adam, we're talking about the same spot. We we psychically sorted this out. Yeah, that's where I was looking. I was like, look. We have a podcast called Battle of the Atom. <laughs> we are pro Bendis X Men for the most part. I think this is I think this is better than that first arc of all new X Men. Uh,
0: I do too, and um, you know that I'm a huge Stuart Imminent fan. But huge Stuart Imminent uh, fan, huge Love guy, huge Herman Peralta fan at this point. Just like really, really excited whenever I see uh, his work drop. So this is our new thirty six.
1: This is our new thirty six. Cable past fears. What a showing,
0: man. It's it's really good, so go check that out if you like cable.
1: Uh yeah, I like cable. Uh, <laughs> what size cable do you like though? Uh
0: you know I, I uh, Do you
1: like small cable?
0: Like like tiny cable.
1: Like like cable? little baby like little baby in his crib that you could hold <laughs> and rock to sleep cable. Do you like
0: that kind of cable? Well, well, that cable's got two versions: either in a force bubble bouncing around where he shouldn't, or uh, just like disgustingly infested with a techno-organic virus. Like, oh, virus we're talking about the
1: body horror cable baby. <laughs> we're talking about the haunted cable doll that I saw a picture of from Goodwill
0: oh yeah that was so weird
1: it was a haunted cable doll it had a cable face and a cable outfit and someone got rid of it those fools those absolute lunatics they didn't want it i guess here's what i think
0: that could have found a great home
1: uh yeah it would i would have brought that home with no question uh but i just saw a picture of it on the internet i didn't purchase it uh, if I were to purchase it, you guys would have known because I wouldn't shut up about my terrible baby cable doll. Uh, we should talk about the story, though. I think we've gotten off track.
0: Well, you did. I, the reason I mentioned the the horrific body horror uh, is because we're going to talk about Scott Labdell and Gene Haas' The Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix.
1: Ba, ba, da, ba. Sorry, that's the noise. That's the theme song.
0: I didn't know if that was a new update sound.
1: No, that's just that's just the theme song of the Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix, the 1994 miniseries, uh, written by professional comic book writer Scott Lobdell with pencils by Gene Ha.
0: Yeah, and Gene Ha. Gene Ha. Gene Ha, on page, uh, I believe, nineteen, of don't issue have it one, open.
1: We'll not be flipping into page nineteen, but go on.
0: Draws. I mean look
1: oh is it the horrible cable like this that infests my nightmares
0: little baby nathan has come from the stylish hands of will sportashio <laughs> into the hands of Gina ha and i don't think i'll be sleeping tonight after looking at Gina's ha's baby cable we've talked a
1: lot and by we i mean me have talked a lot about my love for the dk ultimate x-men guide to the x-men from 2000 oh yes yes this picture was in it. Oh, God, no. I was nine, and I saw this picture, and I said, wow, I guess I'm living with this for the rest of my natural life.
0: <laughs> That's one of those books where you'd like be flipping through the pages and say, oh, God, don't let it open to that one. Don't let it open to that one. All right.
1: I thought it was neat. I also think it's neat here. Hey, Adam, what happens? Oh, wait, no, you didn't read it. I have to do it.
0: No, no, no. Adam's I, read I, it had time. I had time. I had time. I'm oh, good. you had
1: time? I thought we were gonna have to I thought we were gonna have to sneaky lie about it. No. No, I no, no, read no, it. no, no, no,
0: no, no, no. Alright, so for the record, I've read this before. I was just <laughs> worried that I had not didn't have enough time to read it again, and I, I did. Um so you guys know what this is about, and if you don't, it's uh, Cyclops and Jean's honeymoon. Ooh, that sounds exciting. We're gonna go to Cancun and just chill out on a beach, right, Zach? Uh
1: the uh it's St. Bart's and the last time Cyclops went on a honeymoon, he had to punch an octopus. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's real. That, that y'all that you forget about Cyclops' first honey boot where he punched an octopus.
0: Claremont likes his tentacles. What can we say?
1: Oh man, no gross. They get sent two thousand years into the future.
0: And they get a chance to uh rescue and raise their son, which is pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, uh the Wee Baby cable did get sent into the future. And uh by his sister. I guess Rachel got lost in the time stream. Uh, it's weird. She also then made a clone of Cable for making sure Cable didn't die. Reasons, which Rachel, you're smart. You know that's not how that works. <laughs> uh, but Cable gets taken by his by his mom and pa, and they, you know, run away with him. While the clone gets taken by Xavier. 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 Xavier, who is an absolute unit, just. Just this chunky boy.
0: He's like three stories tall at all times.
1: Okay, hold on, hold on. I want I want you to play a game, and it's going to be called Over Under. Okay. <laughs> According to X Men Phoenix Force Handbook Number One,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how tall is Javert? Uh
0: He's got to be like twenty five feet tall.
1: Under, you're over. You are over. By how much? He is twelve foot eight inches. Okay, that which is still like
0: two people in <laughs> some change. He's know, two people. He's like he's taller than Apocalypse is here. I don't yeah, know. Apocalypse. Apocalypse is like seven foot. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right.
1: Do do you know? Do you know how large he is? How 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 much mass he has?
0: Uh, let's give him five hundred pounds.
1: Uh no, he's hundred and twenty stone.
0: Which is seven <laughs> Wait. Wait,
1: wait, hold on. Do you know the bounce to stone conversion by heart?
0: No, isn't stone. I was Googling it. Isn't stone seven? No, it's Twelve?
1: It's fourteen. It's divide divide the mass value by fourteen. Oh. Uh He's man, like, that would have been really like, impressive if I could have done that. I, that was wild, <laughs> guys. No one knows. No one knows English units. He's like seventeen hundred pounds. So Xavier is Xavier is a massive, massive man, and he helps raise Strife. Who's bad? Strife's a bad egg. We all know that.
0: He's a he's a hoot in this mini series, though, because he's just he does a, a
1: few murders. He's
0: just such a brat. There's a the part where he's like he blows up his teacher and. They're like, why'd you do that? And What does he say? He says, what is there to explain? He told me to study. I told him no. End log. <laughs> okay, cool super uh, future. I'm pretty flag. sure Xavier
1: says, not end log. No, we don't <laughs> blow people up. Xavier's bad, and he serves a fascist, uh, oppressive, racist, uh, you know, eugenics-based government. But he also does think that, you know, Strife is just a piece of shit.
0: Well, he also realizes by issue three that he's messed up because Apocalypse reveals... And Apocalypse is very interesting in this miniseries, too. He's kind of just this old, withering human, almost. Yeah, he's an
1: old lady in an Apocalypse suit.
0: Yeah, with two heads, which is pretty cool. I love the design.
1: Both of Um, them are floating.
0: Yeah, they just kind of hover around him like... uh, you know those balls you put on your uh, desktop and they click back and forth what are those called those little He looks like things? a
1: JRPG boss. Uh <laughs> he looks like if you were playing a Final Fantasy or a Tales of Symphonia or the you know that ilk uh that you would you would have to face him and you know he'd be one of those where if you use your healing spells actually it does damage on him.
0: I could see it. Um yeah. but Shaver realizes he didn't pick the right baby from the Ascanis. Uh, he <laughs> he delivered the clone. Um, and this does result in a change of heart. So we're also ignoring kind of like the main thrust of this, which is that we didn't even talk about the body swap that happens here.
1: I mean, look, Apocalypse wants to, Apocalypse wants to suck himself into Cable's body.
0: Oh, I wasn't talking about that body swap. For Cyclops and Jean to get to the future, they have to go into like... I don't even know, like sort of themselves bodies, slim and red. It's people who
1: look similar enough to Cyclops and Phoenix that they wouldn't like freak out and that readers could follow. Uh, But yeah, Rachel does have them just take over a couple of people.
0: The Cyclops has his optic blasts through most of this. (laughs)
1: Look, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. They all have (laughs) their powers and they live like 12 years in the future as a good family. Uh, cyclops and phoenix do do a bit of a revolution
0: yes and uh you know in the process they destroy old man apocalypse and cable does his best to try and get strife to not be strife but doesn't really yeah but
1: again strife he's just the pits i
0: i do i have to applaud the You know, this is after Executioner's Song. This is after Endgame. And you're trying to put all of these sort of like disparate elements together into this very, very weird story. Um, But it works. I I like the story of this. My hang up on this has always been. And I want to be clear that I think Gene Ha is a good, talented artist. But I don't necessarily like the artwork in this story. Well, settle um, down,
1: noted Gene Ha hater, Adam wreck.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not saying I hate it. I just, I don't know that it, in certain spots, it complements things very well. Um, I, I do like the way he just draws faces, expressions, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But a huge part of this is these sort of mechanical elements that are all the way. And it's not that he does them poorly. I just, I, I don't know. So I think... It works really well for me, personally,
1: because it feels a bit alien. Yeah. He doesn't draw robots. He draws, like, techno-organic machinery, like the character of Turin. Uh, He's in a wheelchair, but it's a weird space wheelchair that doesn't really look like a wheelchair. Also, he has a gun arm. And it looks like like it's all machines carved from stone. And I think that gives the future of the Ascani Sun like a really cool vibe to it that you don't get from a lot of like it's not just a generic dystopia. It's got a lived in feel, it's got its own unique architecture and its own unique visual stylings that I think work really well for it. Because beyond that the future is not like that exciting. It's Apocalypse took over, but not like the cool time he took over
0: i will give him a lot of credit i everything you are saying is one hundred percent true. He sells well, the, duh, it's me the mechanical body horror he sells the the weirdness of the architecture and the the fashion of you know apocalypses people versus the rebels and whatever is going on but um and i and I also give them credit because this is a pretty big risk for an x men book to look like this at this time, mm-hmm. you know. Um, given we're still sort of in, uh, you know, post Jim Lee, everybody's got to be imagey uh, to the max and it doesn't look anything like that. You know, this almost looks like a Vertigo book. Um, or, you know, there's there's ugliness in this book. And uh, so I'll, I'll give him credit. I just because of that, I don't know if I love looking at it. Is that fair?
1: I think that's fair.
0: Okay. Great story, though, and essential to, uh, you know, the story of Scott, Gene, and Cable. Where does it go on our big list?
1: So, I think the most, uh, the best thing to compare it to, to start out with, is at number 76, The Further Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix, the <laughs> sequel about this, that's actually a Mr. Sinister and Apocalypse story, and I think that one's better.
0: I like that one better. Um, it just, it has that weird kind of st- punk feel it's got mr sinister in it so i think i like further adventures better
1: uh but this is still good uh i don't think it breaks our top uh 100 our number 100 is astonishing spider-man and wolverine which i like better than this mm-hmm. uh how do you feel about it compared to number 113 uncanny x-men fall of the mutants
0: um I was actually looking a little higher than that at uh, 106. We have House of M. And I I know I like the artwork in House of M better, but I think the story here is better.
1: Okay. Uh, Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. We can make that's actually, oddly enough, Adam, higher than I was going to suggest.
0: Well, where'd you go?
1: I was going to put it like just a few spots down right below. uh... Right below, like Demon, uh, from Uncanny One Forty Three. Okay, but I'm not that picky. <laughs> Which one do you want? How about we put it in the middle? How about we put it under the Unis the Untouchable story, but above Gambit in the Externals.
0: Love it. That's a great idea. So what's that? This is a
1: uh, that's, that's 10...
0: I scrolled away. One hundred eight. One hundred eight. One hundred eight.
1: One hundred eight. This is a good list, guys, and we we definitely don't just say ah, eh, why not sometimes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no reason not to. All right, so we've had uh, two cables. We we get one more for free, right?
1: Yeah, we do. We do. It's a buy two get one free special.
0: Uh, we're going to talk about some Jack Kirby cable. That's weird. Wasn't Jack Kirby dead by cable? Uh,
1: yeah, he was. Uh, God rest his soul. Rest in uh, peace, I cable. Just, yeah, I, mean, I just rest in rest, peace, Jack Kirby. <laughs> I just, I just, uh, I just read uh, Jack Kirby's New Gods recently. Yeah, how was that? Uh, I mean it's Jack Kirby's New Gods It's pretty good Jack Kirby's good at comics Uh, And it did confirm that As much as we think of Cable As like a super 90's character Cable could have been a Jack Kirby character With like no changes And uh, in this story Which is Cable 64 By Joe Casey and Jose Larrón We essentially get What if Jack Kirby did a Cable
0: Oh for sure This is called Twas the Night Before Dying. Uh, I guess it's ostensibly a Christmas story because it has a Santa Claus get mugged.
1: I mean, it takes place at Christmas time because what's what uh, Nathan Christopher Charles Dayspring of Scotty Sun Summers does is he goes to uh, his friend, his chronicler, Irene Merriweather, who had been a main character in this run, which, by the way, if you guys haven't read the Casey Ladron uh, run of Cable, go read it. No one talks about it, and it's so
0: good. The art is uh, fantastic. So yeah. cool.
1: Verone's actually secretly the best cable artist. He's so good. He has a Silver Age, Jack Kirby-inspired feel, but he also brings in, like, newer influences. Like, you can see a bit of, you know, even if it's th- coming from the same point, you can see a bit of Simonson in him. Uh, you can see a bit of... uh Shoot, what am I thinking?
0: There's a little bit of Mignola in some of it. A little like, bit of
1: Mignola in it. It's yeah. it's got a blocky style, but real bold and big and just in your face action in a very <laughs> different way than hyper nineties cable.
0: And yet this is not a giant, you know, beat em up um this issue is because he's talking to this reporter, he has agreed to give her his life story. So that is what we're getting.
1: Yeah. uh, So this is a mix of prose and, uh, you know, sequential art. Uh, It's a big story just going through all of Cable's history, which means we get to see some absolutely gorgeous pinups of Cable's history. I'm thinking, like, there's a big battle scene that's awesome. Uh, There is what might be my favorite thing in this, where uh, he draws Apocalypse, but Apocalypse looks like Aku from uh, Samurai Jack. <laughs> and it rules.
0: It's pretty cool.
1: Uh, and like the story is a little slight. Which I mean it's the it's the late 90s. And they were giving a. Hey y'all here's what Cable's deal is in case you forgot. Because we don't have Marvel Unlimited yet.
0: Oh and it's. Complicated. I mean, we're getting a one-page recap of Endgame. We're getting uh, actually two pages of Endgame. We're getting a one-page recap of what we just talked about in Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix. We're getting some uh, original Cable Volume 1 backstory, including the death of Cable's first wife. Uh, and then, I don't know, the the weird part of this issue is that there is an ongoing backstory where he's dating a waitress who wants her, him kind to kind of use... dating
1: he okay he's kind of dating stacy okay uh, kramer who's the waitress at the uh, diner that cable works at or cable goes to yeah uh, she's a recurring character in this he, run
0: and she has this whole thing where she wants him to cure her son's down syndrome through telepathy it's her brother yeah And Cable doesn't have the heart to tell her that he doesn't have telepathy. And even if he did, that's not what telepathy does. And it's like, okay, I don't know if I can wrap my head around that one. But
1: that, that, that's part of the fact that we're taking one story out of a middle of a run where there are some plot points. But yeah, I can, I can see where if you have not read this run, uh, you know, you're not going to get that emotional impact. For me, I I really liked the relationship throughout this run. So his heart to heart with Stacy really works for me. Okay. And he has a he has a good fatherly stepfatherly relationship with Kenny. Uh, throughout this whole run, where Cable's like good with him, and he knows that hey, Kenny's still like a kid, and I should treat him like a person. And that's incredibly sweet, especially because you know. Cable is a disabled kid. Like, he's physically handicapped, and he grew up that way because he couldn't control his techno-organic virus very well as a kid. So he understands, like we saw in past fears, being treated different by the other kids, and he doesn't want to do that. And I think that's an incredibly sweet and incredibly, like, poignant moment for Cable in this.
0: Oh, I don't have any argument against any of that. I just think the notion of, you know, this idea of, like, trying to cure the brother is is just, it's a little odd, Um, for for lack of a better word, in the context of a Cable backstory issue. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I I would say that if you need a good distillation of what Cable is all about, definitely get this issue. It does a good job of explaining his backstory,
1: it's also just pretty. Yeah. Guys, it's so pretty. Yeah. I love it. I honestly think Jose Ladron is my favorite cable artist. It's so good. He draws him with a big old spear, and he's jumping forward at you with a Kirby hand, like, going out. Oh, it's good.
0: Yeah. Get a little uh, blacksmith um, cameo here with Ozymandias And Oh, yeah.
1: I forgot Ozymandias was <laughs> in this one. He sucks. <laughs> Why did we ever let Ozymandias be a character? I don't
0: know. It just kind of shows up for a page and then goes away. Um, Uh, Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Cool recap issue. Um, Not essential by any means, but you're right. Like, these are the kind of issues that we've talked about where before you had instant access to, you know, an archive, uh, you know, this would be very essential to figure out what the heck was going on with this person for new readers.
1: I would agree. Uh, But... We do have an instant archive, so let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. I think this is better than. I think this is better than that arc where in Ultimate Spider-Man, where Spider-Man and Wolverine switched bodies.
0: Where do we have jumping the shark? That's at one 176. 176. Okay. I can. Do... You're struggling
1: here. What are you seeing? What's catching your eye?
0: No, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. All right. Da, 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 da. No, I think you're in the right spot. You're good. You're good. Okay, so we're saying below Jump the Shark or above Jump the Shark? I would say
1: above Jump the Shark, but it's not as good as a flawed but fun long shot saves the Marvel Universe.
0: Yeah, that's a good place to put it in between there. I like that
1: good uh because we have no choice it's number 176 now cable (laughs) was the night before dying check out that whole run guys it's a ton of fun the stories are whatever i like the relationship with cable and irene and stacy but the real selling point is that good good jose uh anyway uh we're done this is that's the episode guys great one good job (laughs) everyone pack it in uh and let's give a big hand adam for joshua wheel joshua went on over to patreon.com and he was like guys we'll give you money if you want to be like joshua you can go over to that patreon website that i have addressed uh and support us at whatever level you want at the two dollar a month level we'll do an episode about your suggestion at the five dollar a month level you get early access and you get up make suggestions people made suggestions for this episode and i think they were really good ones they that's were where good. we got adventures of cyclops phoenix thank you i chose cable because i like it and none of y'all read the ladron one and you gotta read the ladron one uh <laughs> you gotta guys you gotta uh and then at the higher levels, you get better things. So go do that; it's great. Uh, Adam, anything going on with you?
0: Um, I did a a weird thing for Adventures in Poor Taste that <laughs> I, I think forgot may about it. <laughs> it may break the internet, but the, it may break X Twitter's mind. But um, it I don't
1: won't because you're choosing a third option, and they're just going to be confused. Yeah,
0: I don't know when that's coming out. So just. You'll know when it comes out. You'll be like, no,
1: no, it's it's. <laughs> he sent it to me today, and he had sent me his initial draft that he sent it, and I thought it was good. And then he sent me what he did with it to take it to that next level. And if anything else, if if nothing else, Adam created. An artifact that you do have to check out.
0: <laughs> it sure is something. I don't know if it's good or not, but um anyway.
1: Um it's what you did was good. <laughs> Thank you. I Zach. will tell you that as your friend. <laughs> the 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 energy that you instilled into that piece uh, that's called Engage,
0: is yes. very
1: good. Uh you're on Twitter though at Arthur Stacy still. Yes. So, your website? Yep.
0: So, whenever it comes out, I don't know if it'll be this week or the next week or whenever, but uh, when it does come out, I'll, I'll post a link.
1: That's neat. Uh, I'm still on Twitter at XavierFiles and XavierFiles.com where you can have all the latest and greatest uh, X-Men content. Uh, y'all, this week, we're at C2E2. We're there. Oh, right. If you, listen, listen for our voices. We'll be in Artist Alley uh, for most of the time. We won't be tabling. That's just where I hang out. Or if you guys are going to be on the X at the X Men panel on Friday, uh, we'll be around.
0: Yeah, and we'll, uh, we'll, just, we'll post info. Yeah, and get Say out of hi. our way because we're going to run at that mic and ask those lobster questions. Okay.
1: I do want Adam wants to know where the lobsters are. I want to know how large these X Men really are. If you're claiming they're giant size, are they Xavier size? <laughs> are they like Galactus size? <laughs> what size are these X Men? I don't know. Giant is such a relative word.
0: Um and if you do see us and you want to say hi, uh please do. We have uh holographic stickers handing out uh, to th- to hand out so uh
1: if you th- see me and not Adam, I don't have holographic no, stickers. No, I we'll, you we'll give split
0: them, them, them so that so you can hand them out too.
1: Oh, look at that. Adam's so nice. Uh <laughs> next week. Next week we're going to talk about some what ifs. Ooh. Uh, and what if there's some good stories that we really like. You ever think about that? Huh? I, I
0: I think I know the answer to that.
1: I mean, one of them is. <laughs> I know what it is. I like it. Uh, but you guys can hear that in like seven days. Because until then, this has been Battle of the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. Get it! That was my Battle of the Atom ASMR. I hope everyone liked it.